Hey fellow fraud fighters, a big welcome to the Seon Cat and Mouse Show, where we'll look to get into the mindset, thinking and learnings of the hardest working group of heroes we know, the fraud fighting professional. And on alternative shows, we'll dive into the opposite world of current or ex-fraudsters to get a real insight into what's driving them to do what they do. And ultimately, we'll be trying to best work out who's the real cat and mouse here. Hi everyone. Uh big welcome to the Seon Cat and Mouse podcast. And we're really fortunate today because we have um, a, a very well, I think, a very well uh, known spokesperson within the fraud and risk world. And we have our guest today is Elena uh, Emelianova. It, it, did I say that correctly? Emelian- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are actually almost perfect uh, because in comparison <laughs> with all the rest, I mean, that's it's uh, that's even perfect so yeah it reads okay like i should be able to say it phonetically uh, but yeah. uh yeah it, it reads okay from that side so elena thank you again for taking some time to come on the show um you're with wargaming and for the audience it's always helpful um you're a senior payments and fraud manager at wargaming and what's cool is you've been there for eight and a half years uh, within that organization would you be kind enough to share what it is Wargaming do uh, for the audience as well, please. So we are a gaming publisher and, and developer uh, based in Cyprus, basically, but we have our offices all over the world. So the coverage is global and uh, we are free to play, as you mentioned. So we do microtransactions. As I mentioned, we have a presence in all the regions all over the world. So wherever internet is, you can play with Wargaming, you can play with World of Tanks or World of Warships. These are our main titles. And uh, there are some minor ones, but uh, the main ones are World of Tanks and World of Warships. Yeah, awesome. And that's where I know you guys from is World of Tanks, uh, that that franchise. We have our mobile game World of Tanks, World of Warships as well, uh, uh, Blitz. So we are developing ourselves, looking at uh, what is what is uh, going well, what is not going well. We are flexible, but our main titles, Tanks and Ships, are, remain same and remain developed and uh, same popularity, I would say. That's the, um, the magic thing about tanks it is still popular and will be still popular so what's cool about this episode um again you help look after payments and fraud um, and i think what's really interesting is eight and a half years uh, with wargaming in that role so you're a free-to-play platform and your microtransactions curious how risk and fraud look to you from one side i would uh, really love uh, to say that we are a huge team of fraud uh, and payments managers right uh, dealing on a daily basis with all the risks that we have but uh, the reality is that uh, there are only two of us who are dealing with fraud at the moment uh, it's me and my teammate olga by the way uh, saying hello to her i promise we are definitely lucky i would say that uh, because the game itself is created the way that there is no way Way for fraud. It's actually, I'm just now referring to all the fraudsters who are hearing this podcast. There is no way to make fraud <laughs> in game because it's created the way that uh, we can't do cash out, you can't uh, resell anything. The only fraud that we are dealing with is the payments related to payments and mainly cards, which can also be very dangerous, right? Mm. Uh, and cause a lot of uh, harm to our business. That's the main risk. But uh, on the other hand, there are a lot of tools provided by our acquirers, by third parties who are making a lot of efforts to deal with this specific kind of fraud. Any trends that you see, Elena, from your side? I would say changing from year to year because fraud is always uh, flexible and the main trends are that uh, uh, people are trying to find 
gaps, uh, for example, when the new game is coming in, right? You always need to expect uh, some peaks in fraud. When some peak times like Christmas or back to school or some special events are coming, because uh, it's the mentality, I think, uh, of uh, especially fraudsters, I guess, to try to find a window, a gap uh, to, to cheat, right? Everything is done by people, by human beings, right? Even mm. development uh, developers are human beings. Uh, and there is always uh, a chance that there is uh, a way to overcome the rules or specific uh, restrictions uh, made for special event, right? For example, last year we were having a Christmas event, which was absolutely different, absolutely new. And we saw a huge peak in, in uh, fraudulent attacks, which we were not uh, seeing before. Only because this was a unique uh, event, the uniqueness came with the fraudsters as well. This year, we're going to have absolutely new event, and we will see again uh, absolutely new trend in uh, fraudulent attack. They never stop, right? On the other hand, I would say that with COVID, it definitely brought some new trends. And what is curious that I see now is that people become more sophisticated and more educated. When I say people, I mean fraudsters as well, of course. Even friendly fraud or uh, real fraudsters, they turn to read. We have some cases where we see that people know how to fight chargeback. <laughs> right, or they know that the that uh, the restrictions from our side, from a merchant side, what we can't do, and uh, in this way, uh, I I've never seen such before. Usually, these were people who who didn't understand the difference between refund and chargeback. Now they know about it. It's a good one because because people are educating themselves, and it's always good. But on the other hand, uh, for merchants, it's a bad sign because we are dealing now with more sophisticated and educated people. And they send us links, you know, links to the <laughs> regulations uh, in some customer support tickets. Uh, and that that's that's really amazing, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually admire such people who are actually reading such uh, <laughs> things in small letters, you know, which nobody is read, uh, reading, actually. The world, um, the information sharing from a fraudster's perspective is extremely flat and easy. There's no silos. For, for you, um, how would you say on the fraud fighting end, where are you picking up that education? What, what are like the good sources of where you can learn from peers and where do you get that as a fraud fighter? Well, I would say that uh, this this all comes from experience. And of course, we, we are sharing, we are networking with our with our colleagues. So, But I would say that uh, colleagues, I mean, uh, from merchant side, right? But mm. I would say that this uh, industry on the merchant side is, is not that collaborative, which mm. may sound weird for you now or for somebody who is uh, um, uh, hearing this uh, podcast, but fraudsters collaboration is is more close than gaming industry between each other i'd say that we have kind of a competition and mm. it's seen so when you go to some conference yeah we can discuss it or when we are virtually discussing some questions but i feel like there is kind of stop uh, words i mean restrictions that uh, nothing is shared in full for me uh, it seems that there is a kind of competition between uh, the companies between the merchants like especially gaming merchants 
when, for example, one merchant identifies some fraudulent scheme and uh, is able to uh, find solution, their goal is to push this uh, fraud to somebody else, right? If you get rid of it in your project, it goes somewhere else, right? So in this case, if you share with everyone how to find this, well, there is a chance that uh, it will be again with you, but on another scale or with another scheme. When you go to some forums and you Google how to, to make fraudulent transactions or how to steal something from wargaming, it's very easy to do because people are sharing. So fraudsters are sharing for free uh, with everyone because they are just sharing. They, they don't care about any competition. That's a really interesting point is this uh, disconnect between the the incentives behind fraudsters, yeah. like you said, and then also on, uh, unfortunately for business, right? It's uh it's a competition element. There's a closedness, uh, which doesn't exist the other side uh, from there. Uh, I'm curious to two points. One is actually in your eight and a half years of balancing payments and fraud uh, for wargaming. Can you think of maybe some hard lessons that you've learned? Uh, the hardest lesson I've learned actually is to neglect that fraudsters are smart enough to find uh, walkarounds everywhere. Absolutely. The, the, the hardest lesson, I would say, to consider yourself the smartest uh, person in the world who is able to fight fraud uh, 100%. So you never need to be sure in that because there is always a case when you you realize that uh, you are actually a mouse in, in this uh, in this game. You can't be uh, ever sure that you know what is happening actually and what is the reason why uh, why people are doing it, especially I'm talking about gaming, right? In gaming, the hardest case for us is when these are legitimate players, gamers who want to play, who are hard players, but they want to cheat. That's the curious and uh, the most interesting cases that we have and the hardest to fight. And sometimes we, we think, I think that I know what they do, why they are doing it. But in reality, that's uh, that's not true. I, I can tell you on a very, very simple example that we had a couple of years ago. The guy uh, was uh, hacking accounts all over the world. Well, we realized that, that this is fraud, right? But we found out uh, he, he was a player, he was a gamer, and he actually contacted us, our customer support, saying, uh, guys, I'm going to proceed hacking your database, your other players, up until you give me a press account. For you to understand, the press account is a super cool account, which has everything for free uh, right away. Once the new tank is released, it appears on a press account. It's full of free gold. Everything is for free there. So it's a super cool golden account. Let's call it like that. And the guy was saying, I don't care. Uh, do what you, whatever you want. I will not going to stop up until you give me a press account because I want to be cool. I want to play uh, the game. How can you fight with such guy? And the guy was actually, we found out that he was from Ukraine. He was a super cool hacker. I don't know, probably he was 14 years old, you know, but I just couldn't, as a, as a payments and fraud manager, I just couldn't understand why he's doing it because I'm not such a hard player, right? I'm more a business person. That's actually where this difference appears in your mind. Our side, when we are fight, uh, fraud fighters, we are thinking as a business people, right? To secure your revenue, to secure your, your business. Uh, on the other uh, side, these fraudsters, especially such fraudsters who are players, they are doing it for entertainment, for fun. 
And it's really hard to fight with those who are having fun, actually, and who, who want to play the game. Just that's the only goal. And for me, that was the hardest lesson uh, I've learned for these last eight and a half years that uh, sometimes it doesn't look like as you think uh, it is, right? We couldn't actually uh, stop him. So unfortunately, we needed to uh, to go to police and to report it, uh, the case to police because as a company, as a, as a payment and fraud department, we, we couldn't do anything more. And can I ask also with you, you managing, you kind of referred to it with, um, you know, having the business hat on, of course, looking at rev of enabling payments, being able to capture revenue. Um, mm -hmm. How do you balance, how do you personally view that, like the balance between the revenue KPI and keeping out the bad guys? Yeah, that's a really good question, very serious question, uh, which we are thinking about uh, all the time. It's on my list, uh, actually, all the time. That's the reality of, of the gaming as well industry, when you need to remove friction uh, as much as possible, right? Registering into account in, in payments. So the less friction, the more conversion is. Uh, the more fr the more friction, the, the, it's, a, it's just a killing your conversion. So... But by removing this friction, by removing these uh, secure steps like 3DS, for example, or strong customer authentication as we have now in Europe, it actually opens the window for fraud. And that's the, the most interesting part for us to balance between uh, less friction and less fraud. We, always, uh, we are always, of course, optimizing it by checking the uh, statistics uh, between the percentage of authorization, percentage of declines by our anti-fraud systems, uh, then uh, further percentage of uh, chargebacks. So these numbers are always on our list uh, in, front, uh, in front of us. Once we see that uh, one of them is increasing or decreasing, we definitely need to look at the other numbers, right? Because they are all together, they are across the Dependent, I would say. At the moment, we are balancing, I would say, quite well after years uh, of uh, experience and, uh, and uh, optimization and, and our knowledge. But uh, it doesn't mean that uh, next year nothing will happen, right? So it's a constant uh, monitoring, constant, constant check. You can't set it up once and forever. I've got like a, a more lighthearted uh, thing we kind of spoke about pre the our conversation here i think you mentioned that uh, you personally you would love to hire ex fraudsters <laughs> yeah. if you could uh, i'm curious yeah. have you have you ever had any success with that as a as a <laughs> recruitment strategy well, not so far, but uh, my absolute convenience, uh, that my personal opinion as well, is that to fight fraud, you need to be fraud or to have friends in fraud or whatever. That's the best uh, scenario ever. Of course, it's, uh, uh, well, you, you can't do all of this. It sounds like a joke, of course, I understand. But in reality, that's uh, the best fraud fighters uh, are ex fraudsters actually in my mind to me that yeah. makes sense elena i i, I agree wholeheartedly it it, it, it mm -hmm. uh, takes the mindset to know what you're looking for as well uh so, so i think i know the answer to this but I, nonetheless we always ask our guests at the end of the show you know we're the say on cat to mouse podcast and um in the world of professional fraud uh, fighter like yourself versus mm -hmm. say the professional fraudster out there who, who's the cat and who's the mouse there that's a, yeah, that's a tricky question. These roles are changing all the time. I feel sometimes like a, like a mouse, sometimes like a cat. But I think that the reality, in fact, is that we are always, always a mouse uh, and fraud is always a cat. 
although it's really interesting and curious for especially for people who passionate in in this uh, sphere in in fraud fighting industry right it's it's really cool to to feel uh, that you are doing something that you are coating this uh, this this mouse but the reality yeah, as i said we are mouses and fraudsters are cats that that's uh, <laughs> that's my conclusion yeah, I find that very self-aware. Elena, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure having you on um, our podcast. Thank you so much for yeah taking that time and sharing your perspective on things. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting and having me here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's show. At Seon, our whole startup is 100% focused on helping you, the hardworking fraud manager, fight fraud with tools that are intuitive, fully complement your existing risk tech stack. Check out our website where you can get started on a free trial and be up and running in 30 seconds or less.